Race matters. 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 I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting right now on the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, uh, sharing stories, song, and will be, uh, all, and people will continue to do that for generations after us. And uh, we are privileged to do the same here at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders, past, present, and emerging. And we are broadcasting from Redfern. Uh, Redfern is the birthplace of black theatre in this country. And Redfern is a site for resistance and resilience for Indigenous peoples. I'm Darren Lasagas. And I'm Sada Khan. Welcome to Race Matters. This is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour, about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. Valentine's Day is coming up this Friday and the chat of the day is either you hate it or you love it, depending on your current relationship status. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the love it section this year. Whoa. Um, stop, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> it's not about that. What it's about this year round is us unpacking how your race plays a role within interracial relationships. And so that's what we're going to be unpacking here at Race Matters today, how are interracial relationships different to single race relationships? Uh, Yeah, we could talk about this for a long time, Uh, just between the both of us, really, Sarah. Um, Yeah, it's non-stop. That's why our producer gave us this topic, (laughs) so we'd shut up about it. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Tanya. But uh, yeah, we also put the call out on our Instagram and on social media, and we've heard from you about the kinds of challenges that you have uh, uh, encountered being an interrelation interracial relationship and we're going to unpack those as well. We're taking the initial approach of being a person of colour in a relationship with a person who is not but we also understand the challenges that are faced within relationship where you both may be of um, colour but not of the same culture so we'll also try our best to unpack these complexities that are also experienced and so being the only person of colour in a relationship can invoke many complications but also opportunities for growth and empathy but there's also a lot of troubling scenarios and risks when the relationship is not growing with the awareness of how one's racial and cultural identity impacts their lived experiences and this is often invoked on screen as well with the content that we consume and the relation the interrelation interracial relationships we see on screen absolutely i mean our i mean i mean people say that our first experience of what a relationship looks like is that of our parents or our, our carers when we're growing up but beyond that the way we consume media the way parents are, are portrayed in the media the way uh dating is portrayed in the media uh seeps into our subconscious and whether we know it or not we're internalizing um and being socialized uh, into being conditioned that this is what dating is. And everyone's is different, but for like the most part, we have a pretty homogenized understanding of what a relationship looks like growing up in white Australia anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And it's also important to understand that women of color are constantly pushed to the side as a phase 
in when it comes to relationships, even with relationships with men of our own community as well. And that's why a lot of women of colour have such um, troubling feelings whenever we see men of our own community with white women. It does feel like a betrayal of some sorts, especially when uh, men are raised by women like us, but we're not celebrated in the same regard. It comes off the bat of um, also normalising how um, black men speak of uh, women too, like Sam Thiday in the comments that he made on the footy show a couple of years ago and himself being in an interracial relationship. He's in a relationship with a white woman and he said on the footy show, which is also just a show that is a breeding ground for everything toxic, um, <laughs> every type of phobia there is. Yeah. Um, it's such a terrible, terrible, terrible... I can't even speak probably on it. I hate it that much. But like <laughs> um, Sam Thiday saying on the show, you know, that... Halle Berry was his celebrity crush, but that was when he was going through his jungle fever phase. And then he realized that, you know, it ain't right unless it's white. That's why he's with a white woman now. So just really completely degrading black women as a whole when you think of them as any type of celebratory person of interest. Absolutely. And yeah, that's the ticket, isn't it? It's like when, at what point in our lives do we acknowledge that we have, uh, our subconscious has assumed this identity of what it means to be dating or what is, what is our desire? Who are we attracted to? And what does it mean to date other people? And when do we flick the switch and think I'm going to be active and I'm going to, th I'm going to be, crit cr be critical of my thoughts and my desire and the way that I've, um, attracted to people and then really think about, uh, your dating life think about your relationships, think about how you relate to others and how you see relationships uh, unfold in front of you, um, which I think is what we're trying to unpack today. Like, you know, it's the, the difference between uh, being in a single race uh, relationship and being in a uh, biracial relationship comes with every nuance, every complexity, every uh, kind of, uh, I mean, every fight, every joy that comes with a normal relationship tenfold yeah it drives the relationship it's defi it defines the relationship yeah. and it's not something that should be neglected as well i think a big downfall of biracial interracial relationships is when one's racial identity and experiences are not um wholeheartedly acknowledged that's it when one person doesn't acknowledge it um that's when there's an issue mm. like uh yeah there's plenty of writing about it out there but if if like when you're dating someone like i've dated uh white guys i am a, a person of color race is an issue for me and if it's not an issue for the person i'm seeing then it's an issue mm. um where we've been making call outs on social media about your experiences with um being an interracial relationship relationships i got a text in on 0409 945 uh your text was a bit long so it did get cut off so if Please feel free to text multiple times if you have a long thing to say. But uh, someone's texting and saying, "Yeah, I just recently broke up with my boyfriend who was Russian. I have grown up in I, I've grown up my whole life in Australia as a mixed race person. It's hard to bridge the gap, particularly in differences between cultural understandings, which can have an impact on your common grounds understanding of social situations. Um, and that's super important because." us as people of color living in white Australia, we're already um, have a, a different gaze to people who are white. We're always seeing situations a different way. When you throw someone in there in that um, situation who you're supposed to be intimate with, who is supposed to be on your side, and you don't see eye to eye on specific situations, it can have kind of irreversible effects on your perception of them. Yeah, because we're constantly on high alert in every social situation when we're the only person of colour in that space. And so when we hear 
because this is something that's come out of some of our responses as well is the person of color that's in the relationship with the white person and the white person saying you know um kind of hijacking the narrative around race and saying oh when you say things like that i feel like you're attacking me like what about my perspective on this blah 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 something you have to understand is that as people of color we've had to train ourselves our whole lives to survive spaces with people who are not empathetic to our lived experiences and our cultural roots as well and our histories as a result and our family space within all of that and um the origins of who we are and why we have to um fight for such strong spaces to have our voices and our narratives heard in their full authenticity and so when we are constantly having to be in that space we know how you work mm. because we're constantly thinking about how we can shield ourselves and how we can um, engage in every interaction that is protecting ourselves, but also protecting the other person as well who was not of colour or not of culture so that things don't get escalated. So we know how things impact you. We know where you're coming from. We understand white fragility more than white people understand white fragility. Absolutely. Um, and that also becomes a critical point because at what point do we take on that labour of having that conversation with our significant other how much work are we willing to do to have those conversations with them with like whilst also protecting ourselves mm. you want to protect the relationship but you also want to protect yourselves uh, we got someone comment on our uh, race matters Instagram saying uh, in terms of working through issues like anything communication is key also not taking the resistance or judgments of others personally being forgiving of their biases and giving patience to them to come around in their own good time is also part of the process with culture it's important to be considerate and forgiving of the long-term effects of indoctrination. I think it's far too idealistic to expect anything else. Which is very interesting because... I think it's very optimistic It approach. is super optimistic, which I I totally appreciate and very I applaud. Very res much respect, But, yeah. um, I mean, it's different for everyone. You know, yeah. your threshold for what is acceptable to you and to yourself will be completely exactly. different to the next person. I've uh, essentially ended relationships because I couldn't meet them at that point, you mm -hmm. know? And there are others who are further along or pretty much near me who I am I'm better at getting along with. Uh, but yeah, we're going to continue more. I guess oh, we're going to go in on our own we kind are, of experiences uh, with uh, our relationships <laughs> with the past. I think we need to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to give it kind of a bit of concrete kind of evidence of what it might look like if you're not, you know, in an interracial relationship. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, if you have any experiences or uh, if you know how you work through challenges of being in an interracial relationship, 0409-945-945 is the number to text. You are with Sada Khan and Darren Lasagas on FBI Radio 94.5. This is India Ari, Chocolate High. <laughs> Sarah loves this song. I can't. It's a banger. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to be decadent. It might sound like a hedonist, but the simplest way I can put it, you become a habit. The more I consume, the more I gotta have it. Ain't no such thing as too much. If you gave me everything, you'd never be enough. Yeah, my black coffee with sugar, no cream in the morning. You're my super double caffeine dream. Yeah, your precious darkness got me so strung out and loving the way that you got me so wide open, my baby love. Jones in and fiending under my skin, my nerves are screaming when you're not here. Seem, baby, I need ya. Sugar, you're so delicious. There oh, is something about your love that makes me just wanna open up. Your flavor is the sweetest thing in life. I'm addicted to your chocolate high. Cause I want you and I know that you want me so. Oh. 
chocolate high i wish we could listen to the full track because i love it so much i play it at least once a week over at curry radio so if you want them r&b vibes head over to curry radio in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> this is race matters though you're with sada khan and darren lasagas we're talking about the complexities of interracial dating ahead of valentine's day now before me and darren and myself get into our own personal experiences with this we put the question out onto our social media onto instagram and some of the replies that we got were really quite interesting um this um, one that came through was saying, um, teaching values and traditions intrinsically linked to my own cultural identity. So um, that's something that's really interesting as well, having to um, impart your um, traditional knowledges onto someone that is not from that same cultural background and how this informs your own day-to-day life. And it can sometimes be a deal breaker when it comes to yeah. a relationship as well because you can't really yield on those kinds of things. And it's a form of intimacy. You yeah. know, you want, if you want someone to know all parts of you and your, uh, you know, your family, your values and your traditions, which are unique to your ethnic identity, are part of that and you want to share that with someone, if for them to not understand or for them to reject at the extreme level yeah. can hurt. Yeah. Um, also, another one here is being seen as exotic by white family and friends of my partners. And the last one here, the expectation of having cute babies eventually. That one is so dark. Uh, that uh, that's There's so much to unpack in that one because it forces you to think that it's a good thing when really it's... I don't know, like, you just, you just want me for my genes? Like, you think I don't even make you a strong, like, beautiful baby? Like, yeah. gross. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I could go in on that, but there's something that's a little bit too close to and home. I don't think I can okay, share. Okay, no. Um, but <laughs> finally as well um, is when you want to share content that criticizes white people and the white person you're in a relationship with feels attacked by it. Yeah, I could talk about this for a long time. Yeah? Yeah. Because it's that's a really... The person that we spoke to about this as well, she was explaining how um, the man that she's seeing and he didn't... Um, 
he actually said back to her, um, oh, well, like, I very much agree with what you shared, but I just felt like it was also an attack on me. And I was saying back to her, well, that's really interesting because they understand that it's not about them, but they're still making it about them. And the thing is, is like, you know, because that's something to do with you and you personally, then that has nothing to do with you, the person of colour in the relationship that is actually um, affected by white people and their white fragility. So, like, and if, even them, him saying, like, you know, I understand and I agree with it, but I just felt I just felt like you felt this way about me. It's like, well, then that's you and your own problem there. Yeah. Well, therein lies the complexity because if you were having that same conversation with a friend as opposed to someone you were dating, would they have react the same way? Mm. You know, everything is loaded so differently when you're having these conversations with someone you're being intimate with yeah. because everything you say to them is going to be a representation of how you feel with them. The, yeah. the stakes are so much higher. Uh, but yeah, there are, oh, there are so, like, just thinking about this episode today, there are so many instances in the past which I had given a lot of thought, thought to and also things that I hadn't given a lot of thought to, but now I think back on it in this framework and I think, wow, that was problematic and that made me feel some kind of way. Mm. Um, I was dating uh, a white guy for nearly two years and there were many instances that kind of added up to um, my decision to have to essentially break up with them. Um, but some small, small comments, which, uh, you know, obviously they meant nothing malicious by it, but obviously because of the way they've been indoctrinated, they would say these things without any thought for how they felt about, um, you know, who I was as a person of color. But because we were so close, like we saw eye to eye on so many other things. And every time we spent time together, it was like a safe space. You know, we were like, we, we, we got each other. We were in a relationship. And when but, you're intimate with someone, it's also easy to be very forgiving. Yeah, absolutely. And when you do hear something that sounds a little off, it, it can be jarring. But for that moment in time, you don't want to address it because you don't want to ruin whatever mood you're in. You don't mm -hmm. want to start a fight. But that is the worst part because yeah. then it ends up... Um, you internalize. Up, you internalize it and it wells up inside you. I remember watching a show, it's called Terrace House. It's like a Japanese um, reality TV show. But one of the characters is half Japanese, half white. And I made this offhand comment being like, oh, that guy's so hot. And then he was like, oh, yeah, he's so hot. It's because he looks Western, right? <gasps> and then in my mind, I was like, hmm. And then we just continued watching it. And then a week later, I remember talking to him. Oh, so and just, if he was, if he nothing. wasn't, if he wasn't like Japanese and white, and he was just Japanese, yeah, he's not white. He he's not, he's he not attractive. He wouldn't have been attractive. Then, sorry. And then a week later, I kind of just kept it at the back of my mind for a week. And then a week later, we were just kind of having a fight about something else. And then I just kind of like burst into tears. I was like, "When you said this, this made me feel this way," which is. I don't know. Is that healthy? I mean, yes, it is healthy because I was communicating that this had, you know, made me upset. But it was something that happened a week ago. Exactly. And you, he had no idea. Which yeah. is something that people do in relationships all, all the, the time. time. I'm big, but I'm when this goes straight to the core of who, who you are and your ethnic identity, which is something you've been dealing with your entire life, mm. you had made a judgment on my sense of attractiveness, who, how you saw me, how you desired me, yeah. without even thinking about it. And this was this whole thing for me and nothing for you. <sighs> so yeah, lots of those and kinds of moments. Up. It builds up. I was in a similar situation to Darren, but it wasn't, I was with a person of color. I was with a black man, but it was a black man that had a white family though. So they were, they were mixed. And, um, it honestly, like it would have been easier for me to date a white person that had, um, 
a strong understanding of their own identity and how their identity feeds into the systems we currently live under and was constantly trying to improve upon it than to date a black person who another person of color that had their own identity complex because they had become so assimilated in their own minds because of their own white family and they're, they're so their need to um, protect their own image before anything else and so this person had never been with a woman like me before and there were many instances where I was in extremely unsafe circumstances where I was being racially abused by other people his circle of people because that's the thing as well he didn't have a big circle of people of color of friends a lot of his circles were white people and so I was constantly having to be put into unsafe positions with these people and I've been in positions where I was being racially abused like attacked and he sat there and said nothing and mm. never defended me because he was so hip to him protecting his image was more important than protecting me and keeping me safe because I was in an incredibly unsafe position when all this happened. Even in instances with his dad, his dad attacking me in front of the whole family saying, asking me why I don't celebrate invasion day, you know, mm. his cousins coming at me as well. Um, having digs at me because like I was calling them out on their, um, survive like on on their like white messiah complex that they had when they were going to like countries with um black people they were like criticizing how they live their lives and i was like okay so go to my community and talk about my people and you will see me throw hands and they were like oh sarah's anti-rape anti-white she's anti-white yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and like constantly having that battle with him to just like protect me and at the end of the day, I was like, this is too exhausting. It is incredibly um, disheartening and you're constantly questioning yourself. Like, cause I was in a constant frame of mind of like, am I being too um, unapologetic and protecting my racial identity? And that's never a question you should have to ask yourself. Absolutely not. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had similar experiences, uh, not to that extent, um, but with uh, my ex's friends uh, who were all white, um, uh, gay men, cis men, and points at which they would make comments about gay people of color and mm. their level of attractiveness in public spaces like uh, gay bars uh, and such. And one of his friends made this comment about his boyfriend, number one, saying, oh yeah, guys don't talk to him because uh, he's a person of color. And this was in a group of people who were all white. And I kind of looked at my partner oh. at the time. I was like, are you, are you going to say anything? Like, that's... What the hell? Like, uh, and this was a Mardi Gras, no less. Yeah. Uh, and um, nothing was said. I kind of just walked away. I was like, okay, I've not been backed up by this. I'm the only person of color in this conversation. Yeah. And I've been made to feel alienated by my own people, uh, so to speak. So, yeah. Then the question is, at what point do we say this is too much like this is too far when you love someone or when you have intense feelings for someone you want to make it work mm. but uh, no that's the question you have cost? to ask yourself at what cost i think your own mental health and um confidence in who you are and where your ancestors come from and what they created for us to have is far more important than trying to bridge some gap with the other side absolutely that's, i will always take that stance like when people say you know like you know oh it's some form of reconciliation. It's not, it's not at all. I think like protecting yourself and your community and your family and um, your roots and your voice is, and your mental health, like being strong and all of that. Like my mental health was severely impacted from that relationship. And that to me, that's far more um, important and significant than trying to be in a relationship with someone that's probably never going to understand absolutely there's power in saying that to yourself yeah and you will find someone out there if you, you are if you're listening to this and you are feeling kind of put down by the world and think that no one will understand you someone date, will 
Yeah. And every every person you date will teach you something about yourself. Because dating as a person of colour is extremely difficult and it can be a little bit disheartening coming up to Valentine's Day being yeah. like, where's that special person that's going to understand me and my cultural roots and celebrate it and celebrate my voice and never undermine me for it? It's there. It's there, my sis, my brother, all of you. <laughs> like, it's there, it's coming, but, like, make sure you put you and your mental health and your strength and your identity first. Uh, that's us for Race Matters this afternoon. We could talk about this for a Forever. long time, as you could probably tell. I'm Darren Lasagas. And I'm Sada Khan. Uh, you can listen back to Race Matters wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you next week. Race Matters. 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 Race matters.